My friends, welcome to Making Disciples. It's lovely to be spending this bit of time with you. Hey, as I'm recording this, the sun is out, the sky is blue, it's a whole new season, summer is on the way. Uh, I often record these um, about a month before they go out, that kind of time scale, depending on the episode. Uh, so by the time you listen to this, it's probably full on summer. Um, but um, the sun is out, it's amazing what weather does for us and it amazing what sun does for us if you're a listener that comes from a warm climate bless you pleased for you for those of us that come from a colder climate gosh it's nice to have summer here um one of the eagle eared listeners recently messaged me saying hey chris what you're making because in the back of the podcast i could hear your 3d printer going my i you really have got really good ears because i i thought you couldn't hear that in the recording but i am doing a lot of 3D printing right now. I am a maker, as you've heard um, in my episodes in the past, as I talked about creativity and imagination. Uh, I am 3D printing something right now. If you want to know what I'm 3D printing, you just got to have to go and look at Instagram uh, and check out uh, my Instagram, Rabbi Rogers, and you'll see what I'm making. And it is going to be months and months and months of 3D printing. So uh, you may well hear the 3D printer working in the background in future episodes uh, as well as not just today, uh, as it is going right now. Today's episode, we are going to continue to walk through the Sermon on the Mount. I really want you to kind of imagine the Sermon on the Mount is... Uh, Jesus teaching about the way of the kingdom. If you want to know what the kingdom of God is like, Jesus is teaching, this is the kingdom. This is what it looks like. This is what it looks to looks like to live out the kingdom of God. And friends, we are disciples of Jesus. And Jesus is inviting us as his disciples to walk uh, with the operating system of the kingdom of God. The world tells you this is how you should work, this is how you should behave. School programs us to think in a particular way and yet Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount gives us an, an alternative way of navigating life, uh, a way of walking the kingdom of God um, Monday through Saturday, not just on a Sunday. And today's episode I would say is actually incredibly difficult. And I am not claiming to be a master at today's episode. I have got as much to learn on today's topic as any one of us does. And uh, I will share a little story um, at the beginning uh, as we kind of kick off the theme. But I am not bringing today's episode because I know all the answers. I'm, I'm speaking in today's episode to unpack what Jesus says that we all should be doing. Uh, but the reality is we all find today's episode incredibly difficult it's entitled love your enemies i have yet to find somebody who genuinely says i love my enemies and genuinely does actually that's that's not true i've just lied to you it's not true i spent some time in iraq last year i've spent time in quite a few countries where the church is persecuted and actually in some of those locations i have found genuine people who i really believe are loving their enemies and the way that they have compassion and mercy towards those that have persecuted them for their faith i think we've got a lot to learn from the persecuted church when it comes to loving your enemies but when it comes to kind of those that are around me particularly in east london finding somebody that loves their enemies genuinely and does it not through gritted teeth yes i will love my enemy but actually genuinely loves my enemy you know they're harder to come by so i hope this episode 
somehow helps us to start moving towards being people of love people who love those that don't love us those that persecute and those that oppress us may we be people who love so i hope you'll find this helpful whilst at the same time knowing that i'm not claiming to be the master of this topic friends if you find this podcast helpful do give it a like give it a share leave us a comment uh don't forget that you can buy us a coffee and support the podcast um but let's jump straight in as we explore loving your enemies from matthew 5 verses 43 to 48 why don't i read this to us this is straight from jesus's words this is jesus speaking you have heard that it is said love your neighbor and hate your enemy actually Viticus 19 verse 18 that's where it comes from and the big debate around at the time was who is my neighbor uh, and this is why Jesus ends up telling the story of the good Samaritan now, who is it who is it that I should like who is it that I should love who is my neighbor the big debate was who is my neighbor who do I have to love and therefore who can I you know who do I not have you know who should I not love or do I get away with not loving because they're not actually my neighbor because if I only need to love my neighbor uh, maybe you know there's some small print that means that I don't have to love a particular person because they're not actually my neighbor and there was a big debate around you know who's my neighbor and some of the rabbis said actually if they're not Jewish they're not your neighbor you don't have to love them uh, Rabbi Hillel who was around at this time of Jesus ish um, he said uh, well you have to love your Jewish neighbor and you need to love your Roman neighbor but you don't have to love your Samaritan neighbor uh, so there, there was this debate of what does it mean to love your neighbor so Jesus says you have heard that it is said love your neighbor and hate your enemy so now Jesus is going to wade into this who should we love conversation but I tell you love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you that you may be sons of the father in heaven he causes us he causes his son to to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous if you love those who love you what reward will you get are you not not even the tax collectors doing that what are you doing more than others do not even pagans do that be perfect therefore as your father is perfect so perfection for jesus here is being somebody who loves those that don't love you back those that have either persecuted you they've turned on you they've been unjust towards you so jesus says love your neighbor and i'll be honest this is actually really quite difficult i read these words i'm thinking oh come on lord i mean in a perfect world maybe but we're not in a perfect world i remember many years ago many 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 years ago um that's when i first worked for the church there was a person i had to work with and uh, not in the particular the church I was in but in the kind of surrounding ministries and I just couldn't stand the guy I thought he was an idiot he would say stuff that was highly inappropriate he would say things just to be obnoxious and rude I'm sure it was just so hard work and I just thought he was an idiot and there was just nothing I could do that would ever make me love this guy. I just, I was really struggling. I was like, there's nothing about him that's endearing. Uh, he's rude, he's crude, he's arrogant, he's obnoxious. Um, 
he was very bigoted in, in different ways. I just find it really hard. And I remember reading these verses going, love your neighbour, love this guy, love your enemy. I was like, oh, but he's just so difficult to love. I'm like, I don't like the guy. I can't, I couldn't, I couldn't I stomach being around him by the end because he was just horrible. He really was not a nice man. So I'm reading this going, love your neighbour. I'm thinking, gosh, Lord, really? Really? So let's explore this then. Love your enemies. See, I think school did a number on us. I think school did a number. I grew up in a school where it pitted you against each other. Um, Not just on the sports field, but in the sense of you, you were either arty, sporty or academic at school. And what they love to do is kind of split you off into the arty group, the nerdy academic group uh, and the sporty group. And really it was none should ever mix. And they did kind of put you against each other. And it ended up meaning you create these alliances between those that were in the arts world, those that were in the academic kind of stuff and those that were in the sports. And it just created this environment where it was us and them in the school, us and them, and uh, there was often clashes, and the clashes were between those those three groups, really. Um, and I think that's one of the ways the world works, isn't it? It pulls us into be with those that are like you, and then you can defend yourself against the others that are not like you. And it creates this environment of us and them. You see it in workplaces, you definitely see it in schools. Jesus comments on this. You know, Jesus says, you have heard this said, uh, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. You know, that is the way the world works. Love the people that are around you. Love your family. Love the people that you live with. But but if if they're not like you, uh, make them your enemy and and hate them. Uh, So Jesus says, you've heard it said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. This is how the world works. We live in a world of conflict. Uh, Peace is a... um, Peace is something that is in total contrast to the rest of the world. Conflict is almost hardwired into our broken humanity. Let me just unpack this uh, for us a little bit. So if somebody gets in your way, the world says, challenge them, barge past them, get past them. Uh, We say things like, it's right, um, it's my right to do this. It's my right to say whatever I like. So if I don't like somebody, it's my right to say what I want. I was in the queue the other day at the super, uh, the uh, post office. I have this post office. I say to my wife, often, when I go in there, there's always a fight. I never go into this particular post office and there not be a fight. And something had obviously gone on and there's an argy-bargy going on. And uh, the woman um, that stood behind this other lady turns to her and she says, it's my right to tell you to get out of my way. I was like, gosh, rights, isn't it? The world tells us you've got your right. You can say whatever you like. You see, the world has this pecking order and conflict pushes some further, some people further up that pecking order and pushes some people further down the pecking order. So the world is created in this pecking order. You see it in workplaces. And conflict allows us to move up it or down it, depending on how much we stick up for ourselves. See, the world loves conflict. The world also loves putting us into corners. Imagine a boxing match. The blue corner, 
the red corner. The world loves to put us in corner, in the corner, and then say, well, who's in the other, other corner? Who is your enemy that's against you in the other corner? So in workplaces, we, we see workplaces behaving like this with corners, friendship groups uh, where there are corners, or families where there are corners, and people we love putting people into the red corner or the blue corner, and pitting them against each other, because it's about a pecking order, about who's stronger, who's quicker, who's more... Um, who's sharp with their, their tongue and mouth and clever with their words. So we do this. We uh, put people in corners and we love to do it because, 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 because when we do this, we're able to remove somebody else's humanity. When we put them in the other corner, we now make them the enemy. When we make them the enemy, we remove their humanity and we love to demonize them. That horrible person in the other corner. We love to believe that the other person's motives are sinister. They're horrible. They're evil. They're disgusting. They're of the evil one. They demonize. You know, we demonize them. We 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 other them. We remove their humanity. We love to do this with people that we don't like because it makes us feel more righteous. It makes us feel like we are right. Let me unpack this a bit more. So some people, friends, they're just toxic. They prowl around stirring up trouble. Um, I remember this years ago, and I used to work in a shop. Uh, one of the members of staff would often say, have you heard what they said? And they'd often misquote the person. Have you heard what they said? And then they misquote them. And it was a way of creating this environment of us and them. We're talking about them because because we've seen something about the other person that's not right. There's something about them that's not normal. So we love to talk about them and say, have you heard what they've said? Have you heard what they've done? Have you heard what's, what, what they were up to at the weekend? And we love to misquote them. And this is all about self-preservation. It's all about pecking order. It's all about making ourselves feel better. It can also be a form of revenge, can't it? Uh, I'm going to get them back and I'm going to turn everybody else against them. So one of the techniques people do in workplaces, if they can put a colleague in the corner and demonise them, then maybe they might be able to get everybody else to stand in their corner. And now I'm right and I've got everybody in the corner with me. And Jesus speaks into this kind of situation and he says, love your enemy and pray for those that persecute you love your enemy now let me just unpack those two words love and enemy so in the greek the word love is the word agape it's it's there's actually about five words that we could look at around love uh, but the word agape particularly is really understood as a sacrificial love it's a costly love it's a love um, it's the same word that we get in the New Testament for Jesus' death on the cross. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Agape is a sacrificial, outpouring love that costs you everything. So when Jesus says, love your enemy, he doesn't say, well, uh, tolerate them. And he doesn't say, uh, love them like a brother. Uh, what he uses here is a love that's about a sacrificial love. It's a costly love. It's a love that's going to cost you something to do something back to them positive. It, you are going to be out of pocket because of this love. Um, so love your enemy. Agape, a sacrificial, costly love. And the word enemy um, 
Ekatheros in the Greek. Ekatheros. This is where we get the word enemy. It means hostile or opposer. So we are to love our hostile people, our opposers, those that stand in our way, those that hold us back, those that oppress us. Jesus says we are to love and pray for these kind of people. We are to love with a sacrificial love. So let me ask you this question. Who are the people that are your hostiles? Is it your boss? colleague, a neighbour, family friend, ex-partner, ex-boyfriend? Could it be your present partner, family member? Is it people, could be a whole people group uh, that you're thinking of? Who is the hostile? Who is the hostile person in your life? And Jesus says that hostile person, there's a sacrificial love that he wants you to live out towards them you may get nothing back from them ever in fact they their behavior may continue exactly as it is but jesus says i want you to have this sacrificial love so the world friends says we should put them in the other corner gather those around us on our side and then we attack back either full-on force or by subtle manipulation you know the world says corner fight either full-on attack or manipulative behavior gaslight them you know that kind of stuff ghost them and jesus says actually that's that's not the direction that we are going matthew 5 9 jesus says blessed are the peacemakers we talked about this in a previous episode peacemaking peace keeping peace creating peace is something uh that we make we create, we establish, we see come into fruition. Jesus is calling us not to be people of conflict, uh, people who attack, people who manipulate, people who gaslight. Jesus calls us to be people who create environments where there is wholeness and peace. Peace is not the absence of conflict. Let me say it again. Peace is not the absence of conflict. A peaceful household is not a house where nobody is fighting. It's more than that. Peace, according to uh, the Hebrew scriptures, is a, is a state of perfection. It's about wholeness, prosperity. It's a place of blessing and completeness. It's a place where things are restored to the most beautiful original state. Um, things are connected and integrated to God and ourselves and others and the whole of creation working together in, in harmony and relationship. Uh, peace is this, or the shalom is the calling down of God's divine presence upon our homes and upon other people. The thing is, we don't actually know how to translate the word shalom, that, that is the Hebrew word for love. We don't quite know how to translate it, so we simply render it as peace. Uh, but there's one rabbi who describes shalom as being so, somebody who is so marinated and soaked in God's grace and blessing that you cannot help be transformed by it. It's something that's marinated in you so much it has transformed and shaped you. 
So let's just bring that together, this idea of God's shalom and God's peace and being peacemakers, peace creators into this discussion about loving of your enemy. Because I think it's really difficult to love your enemy does not mean to not hate them. It's a proactive thing. It's a it's a state where we are actually bringing transformation to a situation by the way that we choose to live um, and love somebody. So when we love our enemy, we are giving back their humanity and we recognize that uh, they too are a child of God and they too are human. So the world says get in your corners, blue corner, red corner. The bell's going to go in a minute and you're going to go for them. You know, full on fight or subtle manipulation, you know, planting seeds of doubt in people's mind. That's what we're going to do, the world says. And Jesus, now I want you to be somebody who loves your enemy, somebody who's, who is bringing transformation into a place. No matter what they're like, you are going to be somebody in this kingdom uh, blueprint, this kingdom world, you're going to bring about wholeness and healing and restoration as somebody who loves your enemy. So when we love our enemy, we're giving back their humanity, this thing that we've stripped them from them by saying they're the enemy, they're horrible people. We're giving back their humanity and we're rec recognizing that they too are a child of God, just like you and I. They're, they're a human being that's fearfully and wonderfully made. They're not the evil person that you've made them out to be. Yes, there's conflict. Yes, there's difficulty. Yes, they're doing things that are horrible and evil, persecuting. But at the end of the day, they are also made fearfully and wonderfully by God. So when we love our enemy, we are choosing to set them free from being demonized in our minds. And we start to be willing to see them as Jesus sees them. So when we love our enemy, we are choosing now to see them the way that Jesus sees them. So that, that ex-boyfriend that you hate, they're not the devil may have done things to hurt you and harm you, but they're not the devil. Uh, the boss that is difficult to work with says things that manipulates. Friends, they're not the devil. They're a, they're a child of God, created fearfully and wonderfully by God. They, they, they may have attitudes that stink, but they're still a child of God. That friend that you lost years ago or turned on you or said things about you behind your back, they're not the devil. A people group that you might have demonized or that you can't stand, they're not the devil. And when we choose to say they're not the devil, and we choose to say I'm going to love them because they're a child of God, even though I really am, I can't, you know, I'm struggling here, Lord. I'm going to choose to walk in a different way. I'm going to choose to see them differently. When we do that, we are giving them back their humanity. Now, you might say, yes, Chris, but they don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. And you're right. There are some people from our perspective that don't deserve this kind of grace. They don't deserve it. They have been, um, they're toxic. They're difficult They've been horrible. They have done things to harm you physically, emotionally, spiritually. But in those moments when I'm realizing that I just can't love them with this kind of love, I'm reminded of Romans 
It says, For if while you were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son Jesus, how much more, having been reconciled, should we be saved through his life? Romans 5.10 recognises that even though we were still enemies of God, he died for us. Even though we had done despicable things, he died for us. Not once we were willing to be forgiven, but he died for us before we were willing. In the same way, Jesus is inviting us into a way of life where we set people free from their sin before they even realise they're even a sinner. Choosing to be somebody that gives back someone's humanity before they've even realised what they've done. So friends, I am a recipient of God's grace. I am a recipient of God's mercy. I am a recipient of God's freedom, God's love, forgiveness, compassion, kindness, generosity, benevolence, relief, pardon, understanding, goodwill, tolerance, reconciliation, empathy, concern, sympathy, becartedness, harmony, reconciliation, ceasefire, peace. I am a, re a recipient of God's shalom, his wholeness. And in these verses, Jesus is inviting us to be one and the same as him one and the same as him i tell you love your enemy and pray for those that persecute you give them back their humanity and friends when we do so we realize we are too receiving back our own because when we demonize someone else we end up being demonized ourselves. we end up being somebody that we were not created to be we were created to be loving, compassionate and caring because that's who he, he is, created in his image. And when we demonize someone else, then the devil has demonized us. And when we set somebody else free, we realize that we too are being set free. So friends, I guess we've got some work to do. I guess we've got some work to do. And as Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the peace creators. My invitation for you this week is to marinate on this. Jesus invites you to be a person of love and compassion and mercy. Who is it that you cannot stomach? And he's inviting you to give them back their humanity, to stop demonizing them. And in so doing, you end up receiving your own humanity back friends until next time grace and peace have a good week and we'll speak soon <laughs>